0: Before we start this episode, we just want to remind you all again that Book Riot Live is coming up soon. It's just about three weeks away, November 12th and 13th in New York City. We will be there doing a live version of this show. There will be so many amazing authors like Walter Mosley and Mara Wilson and Jade Chang and Charlie Jane Anders and more and more and more and more talking about books and writing and the publishing industry and connecting with readers. And there will be hundreds of other readers as well. Check out BookRiotLive.com to get the full details. Come hang out with us. It's going to be amazing. And use the offer code MORE CATS, M O R E C A T S, at checkout to get $20 off your registration. We cannot wait to meet you.
1: You're listening to All the Books, a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode 77, and today we are talking about the Read Harder Challenge. I'm Liberty Hardy, who is my fellow podcast Rebecca Shinsky, and we're coming to you from bookriot.com. Hello! Extra episode! Bonus quality time! Yay! I was like, you were like, we're going to do
0: another, I was like, yay, I get to talk to Rebecca! Woohoo! I know, I started it's like the greatest trick the devil ever pulled is us <laughs> figuring out how to get paid to talk to each other every week. <laughs> yes. Yes, and it's, it's not so good. through glass. It's so great. I know. <laughs> oh, there's plenty time for that. Actually, we'll probably be behind the glass together and someone will have to come and bail us out.
1: Someone uh, sent me like the nicest letter a few weeks ago. And I was like, "Oh, that's so nice!" My boyfriend's like, "Why are you? Why are you so like happy? Like because I was like because when I was a little kid, I always thought I would only receive letters asking me like why I did it. <laughs> so I, I didn't know strangers
0: would send me nice things. <laughs> it's good to be pleasantly surprised by life. Yeah, I like uh, it." So we are here to talk about the Read Harder Challenge. We, You guys listening to the show probably know, but just in case you're not familiar with it, it is a challenge that Book Riot runs every year that has 24 tasks that are designed to help you make your reading life bigger, to bust you out of your comfort zone. Uh, we roll them out usually every December, and then you have the whole year to complete the challenge. So it's really just two books per month. And if you get crafty, you can find books that ring multiple bells. Uh, and when you finish, you get glory and satisfaction and also a discount. Out in the Book Riot store. Yeah, um, yeah. You can, <laughs> Liberty will put a link to this year's full challenge in the show notes. You can check it out. But since we're getting close to the end of the year, um, we wanted to do this episode where we each, pick, uh, we each picked a couple of the, the uh, particular tasks to provide recommendations for. So if you've been circling around it, but you're not quite finished, or maybe you want to get a late start, uh, if you're a fast reader, you could knock this out in the next couple of months. Uh, Rachel Manuel created it for the site, I think in 2014. 20- 14. Yeah, I think this Uh, is the third time. Yeah. And uh, she just did it as a post on Book Riot. And it went crazy. And we were like, oh, this should be a thing. Uh, And so now it's a huge thing. There's a Goodreads group as well that you can participate in. Uh, If you search for Book Riot on Goodreads, you can talk to other Book Riot readers who are over there and get recommendations from them. Uh, But so this is just intended to help the people either get started or roll towards completing their Read Harder challenge. And Patchett is doing it. She is!
1: Yes. That she was, blogged about like, it. the most exciting it. thing ever.
0: I know. Uh, and we're not ready to reveal what next year's uh, challenge will include, but I think it's okay to tease that some of the tasks on next year's challenge are being chosen by special guest authors.
1: <gasps> I didn't even know that. That's exciting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. All right. Well, yeah. I'm going to kick it off if you are Let's ready. Um, and I think it's a perfect time for this first one, one of the challenges is read a horror book. And, like, what better time to do it than right now during scary reads? Um, there's the All's Hallows read, which is the thing that Neil Gaiman does where you donate a book, like a scary book. Um, my pick is The Reapers Are the Angels by Alden Bell. I love this book so much, and I wish more people had read it. Um, it seems, but everyone I know who reads it is always, you know, so happy that they have. It's great. It's a zombie novel, and you were like, I know you're thinking, like, okay, there's a million zombie novels, and yes, this is true. And has this story been done before? Yes, it has many, many, many times, but not this well. I think this book is so fantastic. It is the story of post-apocalyptic America. There, you know, most everyone has been wiped out. There's been a zombie plague. Um, when we join the book, it has been like 25 years that this has been going on. Zombies have been running around trying to eat humans. Humans are trying to survive. Um, and there's a young woman named Temple who has had a very rough past. She has her own personal demons that she's fighting. And she's sort of roaming the country on her own, like trying to survive, trying to, you know, find anything that she can, you know, survivors, um, you know, some sign of hope in this, in this world. And along the way, you know, she encounters dangers, like both living and dead. Um, it's a little bit like the road meets 28 days later. And it's, it's so fantastic. Um, the characters are realistic. The plot never drags. There's tons of gore, um, you know, which is always a bonus, I'm sure, for everyone. They're just like, I wish, you know, Jane Austen had more blood and guts. Um, and oh, of course then you have Pride and Prejudice and zombies so now you do somebody else was thinking that same thing it's, it's just so great um, so again it is called The Reapers Are All <laughs> I can't say it now The Reapers Are The Angels by Alden Bell I almost said The Reapers Are All The Angels which they could be but <laughs>
0: um, moving on Moving on. Uh, My first task is read a nonfiction book about science. And I had a bunch of contenders, but the most recent and the most fun one that I picked is called I Contain Multitudes by Ed Yong. It came out earlier this year. So you might have heard me talk about it on a previous episode of this here show. It is about bacteria. Um, It is about and microbes more specifically. But it's about uh, zooming in to the teeny tiny things that make up all of life. Um, Ed Yong writes about how more of the thing, like more of the things in and on our human bodies, are not of us than are of us. Like we are hosts to just bajillions of microbes. Most of them are good and uh, positive, you know, pr- like. Pr- pro microbes not bad microbes but bacteria gets such a bad rap because a couple of them uh, can have very nasty consequences and can make us sick and people just don't really know much about microbes bacteria is not like a sexy topic to write a book about but he makes it so interesting and fun uh, there are just tons and tons of facts about like you know how many bacteria are in your mouth and how many different kinds of them and then really fascinating things like um, everybody's gut bacteria bacteria. bacteria is different. Um, People don't all have the exact same kinds of bacteria in our bodies. And depending on what kinds of gut bacteria you have, you emit different, uh, basically, scents that some of them attract mosquitoes and some don't. And so the idea or the feeling that we have sometimes of like, well, some people just get eaten alive and some people never get bitten and it seems unfair. um, There's actually a biological reason for that. And someone took the time to figure it out. And you get all this great history about the people who made these first discoveries about different things in of bacteria and science and medicine because they were the first ones to think to look for it or to ask the question. And then all of the subsequent knowledge that we have about the world that came from those things. It is fascinating. His voice is light and really fun. So you're learning a ton. Uh, but it's like, it's like watching a great show on the Discovery Channel or something. It's not at all dry. Um, you're probably like, sure, Shinsky, I don't want to read a 300-page book about bacteria. But I promise you, you really do. Um, I think this would be a great introduction to science writing if you've been skeptical. Like, uh, this is one of those tasks that I imagine people looking at the challenge being like, oh, but I don't want to read a book about science. That's going to be hard. I promise. It's going to be great. Uh, so pick up I Contain Multitudes by Ed Yong. Awesome. Awesome. So good. We have our first sponsor to roll on to this week. It is The Lovely Reckless by Cami Garcia. Uh, this is a YA novel about Frankie Devereux, who would do anything to forget the past. She's haunted by the memory of her boyfriend's death, so she lives her life by one dangerous rule nothing matters. At least that's what she tells herself after a reckless mistake forces her to leave her privilege. That's what Frankie tells herself. Sometimes words are hard after a reckless mistake forces her to leave her privileged life in the Heights and transfer to public school in the Downs where illegal street racing is more popular than football. Marco Leone is the fastest street racer in the Downs. He's tough, sexy, and hypnotic and he makes it impossible for Frankie to ignore him. But the risks Marco takes could have devastating consequences. Will Frankie risk what little she has left to follow her heart? You probably recognize Cami Garcia's name. She's a number one New York Times best-selling author of many books, including the Beautiful Creatures series. And this is Cami Garcia like you've never seen her before. This is her first contemporary romance. It's Fast and the Furious meets Romeo and Juliet. So just... Let that wash over you. Cami uh, Garcia found inspiration in her own experience growing up in the suburbs of Washington, D.C., where wealth and poverty are literally across the street from each other. So pick up The Lovely Reckless by Cami Garcia wherever books are sold or find a link to it in our show notes here.
1: It's so funny that you said The Fast and the Furious because I was listening to you describe it and I was like, this is like The Fast and the Furious to Electric Boogaloo. <laughs>
0: I've never seen any of those movies, but I can make They're a drift compatible so joke. <laughs> oh. No, oh no, the Electric You're Boogaloo movie, s-
1: not Fast and Furious. Oh. I've never seen the Fast and Furious movies. A- I they was Andy. just like, I'm we're so going to emails. I immediately if we're gonna... went to like, the Electric Boogaloo movie now. I've never seen the Fast and, <laughs> and Furious, but I did watch the Electric Boogaloo movie when I was young. Uh, uh, and I've always remembered from that that don't touch the third rail.
0: <laughs> that is what I took yeah. away from the street graffiti okay. movie. I have not seen that either, but I, I was worried there for a minute. Like, we were going to get some angry emails if you know about to knock on the No, I need to watch them. them. We <laughs> should watch
1: them soon. Like, we should watch oh. them and, like, do, like, a live tweet together or something.
0: <laughs> yes. Come to Richmond and we will be ridiculous. And, and oh, watch. yeah.
1: <laughs> we could probably sell tickets. <laughs> Okay. Moving on. My next next? challenge is read a middle grade novel. Now, as any book lover knows, you do not have to be of a certain age to read a book designated for any age. Like, middle grade novels are fantastic. There are so many amazing ones all the time. Um, This is one of my favorites, and I actually read it when I was in elementary school, um, and it's been around that long. But I just, I love it so much. I think everyone will love it. It is called The Last of the Really Great Wang Doodles by That's Julie Edwards. Title. Are you laughing at me?
0: It's such a good title. It's so awesome.
1: So, the name Julie Edwards might not sound familiar to you, but it's because it's her married name, because at the time she was Julie Edwards, but it is Julie Andrews. Mary Poppins. <gasps> Mary Poppins what? wrote this book. Yeah, so many people still don't know this book. I'm like, how do you not know that Mary Poppins wrote a book? 1974, it's, I'm just gonna do like all these like meets sort of comparison things for every book apparently, it's like Narnia meets Willy Wonka meets Fairyland meets Labyrinth, it's, it's crazy, so it's about three siblings who meet this eccentric professor, Um, it's like Halloween, we're we're apparently, like all my books are Halloween based this year um, it's Halloween, and one of the siblings has been dared to run up and touch the door of, like, this spooky, spooky house, which happens to belong to this professor. And she does, and, and they meet the professor, and he tells them about Wang Doodle Land, which, what, there used to be these things called Wang Doodles, and they actually lived in our world. But because we became so bitter and jaded, um, the Wang Doodles went and formed their own land, and left us here alone without imagination, and now you can only reach the Wang Doodles like, through imagination. And he he starts teaching them, like, how to do that. Like, they go over to his house. Now, I'm telling you, like, if you said today, like, I'm going to write a book about three kids who go in the stranger's house and he tells them to close their eyes because he wants to teach them about wangdoodles, um, nobody would go for that. But right now, you know, this is 1974. It's awesome. And so the professor is training them to reach Wang Doodle land, and eventually they do. And it's this sort of, like, bizarro world. It reminded me a lot of, um, the girl, uh... Oh my goodness, I lost all the words. The girl who circumnavigated fairyland, like those books. There's strange things going on. And in this land, the Wangdoodle is the king. And he, when they get to to Wangdoodle land, he is far, far away. And the professor really wants to meet him. He, it's, a, it's a dream of his that he's always had. And he knows that the Wangdoodle is the last of his kind. But the Wangdoodle's Prime Minister doesn't want him to be disturbed. Like he's old and he's frail and they don't they don't want strangers like interfering. So he does everything that he can to keep them from from reaching the Wangdoodle King. Uh, it, it's it's so it's like, you know, like I said, like labyrinth, like trying to get to the center, you know. It's just completely insane. Um, I'm gonna stop babbling about it now. It's so good though. Again, it's called The Last of the Really Great Wang Doodles. By Julie Edwards but really Mary Poppins so amazing
0: that just blew my mind
1: <laughs> I was getting all excited talking about it I'm like I know I breath, can hear take you take a breath
0: <laughs> it's like and 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 yeah. and <laughs>
1: I'm like do I take one big deep breath now or do I just pass out I can't decide I <laughs> can't
0: You could just I think this is like the podcast (laughs) version of, you know, like James Brown when he was performing would just like lean over and need to like take a minute. Someone would bring out his cape like we're just going to do that to you.
1: Yeah, I got a little excited.
0: Um, my next task here is read a non-superhero comic that debuted in the last three years and I have two recommendations depending on how hardcore you want to go Um, so we'll start with the hardcore Uh, it's Bitch Planet by Kelly Sue DeConnick and Valentine Delandro, who by the way Valentine Delandro will be at Book Riot Live. Um, this, I love this comic so much. It is just feminist as all get out unapologetically, intentionally. It is wonderful. Uh, in the world of the comic, women who don't comply with the ruling class on Earth, and the ruling class is all white dudes and they are called the patriarchs, uh, get sent to prison on another planet. And it is colloquially known as Bitch Planet. Uh, they get labeled as non compliant. They wear uh, like jumpsuits that have this NC logo on them. And it's Become this thing among uh, feminist comics readers to have the tattoo. So I have a non-compliant tattoo. Um, Amanda has one. Jen has one. We've got a whole bunch of contributors who have one. So also, if you're coming to Book Riot Live, you can play spot the bitch planet tattoo because there will be a bunch of them. Uh, the The feel of the comic uh, it sort of calls up like black exploitation films from the '70s. Um, but if you combined like black exploitation films and like orange is the new black but with writers who are more woke i guess um it's it really has its finger on the pulse of issues of race and gender and sexuality and power um and in by setting it in this other place uh, kelly sue DeConnick and valentine delandro can really take apart what the world looks like today. It is it is so good. And every issue has an essay in the back by a feminist writer on something that connects to the themes of that one issue. And those alone are worth the price of admission. They are just fantastic. Um, so I think that's a great stretch read. Um, if you've been reading comics, but you need to get out of the superhero box, if you have been looking for a compelling story to get you into comics, um, I was... Really intimidated to start reading comics for a long time because it seemed like all of them were either these superhero comics or these complicated universes that, like, I could never possibly catch up on all the things that you needed to know. Bitch Planet is phenomenal for that. If you're looking for something a little lighter or more for all ages readers, you have to pick up Lumberjanes. This is my, like, twofer recommendation. Um, it's about a group of girls at a camp called Miss Quinzella Thisquin Penny Quequel Thistle Crumpets Camp for Girls, or in the story. A camp for hardcore lady types uh, mythology and mystery and adventure these girls like there's the, this holy kitten that like is evil and glitters and uh, dinosaurs appear at some point they're they're constantly trying to figure out like is the camp built on sort of a mythological place are there? powers that people have what is going on there's always something kind of supernatural and weird and the campers are just constantly getting themselves into crazy situations and then having to get themselves out um the writing is so so smart if you read Nimona last year the graphic novel Noelle Stevenson wrote the first run of Lumberjanes and so you'll recognize that very witty quippy pop culture reference filled uh dialogue between the characters and they have great exclamations. Like instead of swears, they exclaim things like, Holy May Jemison. <laughs> and so you also get prompted to like Google the names of these famous women uh who changed history for us. If you haven't, if you don't get the reference, it's a great opportunity to learn more. I just love Lumberjanes as well. It's so much fun uh, and it's great for readers of all ages. So that's those are my two furs for the non-superhero comic that debuted in the last three years. Either Bitch Planet or Lumberjanes or just go wild and read both.
1: Yeah, I would read both. They're awesome. <laughs> what do you
0: have next? My next challenge
1: is—I lost my list. Oh, yeah, read a dystopian or post-apocalyptic novel. There are plenty of those. So many. So many. And I picked a really good one. It's called *The Country of Ice Cream Star* by Sandra Newman. I may have talked about this on the podcast. When I think came you out. did. It's so good. Now it's six hundred pages, so don't let. That scare you. Also, I have a question about the Read Harder challenge that you might be able to answer. Can you knock uh-huh. off two challenges with one book? Because there's yes, also you can. a read a book over five hundred pages long challenge. Yep, which I'm gonna you talk can. about in a while. Well, mm-hmm. this one is six hundred pages. And it's amazing. It's like the it's like Sound and the Fury meets Ridley Walker. By Russell Hoban, like I don't know if, if you've ever read Ridley Walker. It's this crazy, insane post-apocalyptic novel by the guy who wrote *Bread and Jam* for Francis. Because you know why not? Um, but it's <laughs> I'm learning so many things today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Russell Hoban is one of my favorites. He's he's amazing. He did crazy, amazing stuff. Anyway, um, getting off track. Ice Cream Star is actually the name of a girl. Uh, she's a fifteen-year-old girl, and she is living in a world after a devastating plague has wiped out the country. Because, of course, because that's how these things happen. And uh, now, with this this plague, uh, no one lives past the age of twenty. Like there are no people who make it. Rarely do they make it to the age of twenty, and nobody lives like, past the age of twenty. And the kids, the kids named this disease Posies. Like you get Posies. And now there are just gangs of children roaming the land. And there is a rumored cure for posies, but no one has um, any idea where it is or how to find it. And then one day, um, Ice Cream Star's brother starts coming down with the symptoms of posies. So she decides, you know, why not? She's going to set out on this dangerous journey and try and find the cure. It's so fantastic. It's told in an inventive language, like... It's, I'm not going to lie, it's a little bit of work to read this book, but, but, like, the way she tells it, like, forces you to slow down and really take it in, and sometimes that is so amazing, like, when you have to do that, like, sort of kind of hear it in your head like that. Um, like I said, so it's work, but it's so rewarding. I was absolutely flabbergasted by this book. And, again, it's called The Country of Ice Cream Star by Sandra Newman.
0: Woohoo! Yeah. I've been thinking of that one since you talked about it on its release week, but I will not lie, the length did scare me off a little bit. Yeah. She also has a
1: fantastic Twitter account. She's really, really funny. I love her. So would you like to hear about our next sponsor? Indeed I would. Our next sponsor is Thrill Me Essays in Fiction by Benjamin Percy who we love, who also has a werewolf book, which would be perfect for this time of year or for one of the challenges if you want to read a horror book. Read Red Moon. So good. Or, post. oh, he has a post-apocalyptic novel, too, right? Yeah, The Deadlands. Man, he's hitting, he's... Benjamin Percy, perfect for the Read Harder challenge.
0: (laughs) Ring your bells.
1: (laughs) But in Thrill Me... Best-selling author Benjamin Percy dissolves the boundaries between literary and genre fiction. He explores how Cormac McCarthy, Ursula K. Le Guin, Stephen King, and others engage plot, character, dialogue, and suspense. He also makes clear the literary importance of exploding helicopters, giant sharks, robots with laser eyes, pirates, poltergeists, kittens, demons, slow zombies, fast zombies, talking unicorns, probe-wielding Martians, sexy vampires, barbarians in hairy under- underwear, all kinds of things. It's just, it, and I did read this. It's it's really great. Um, I, myself, am not a writer, but when I read stuff like this, I'm like, man, I really wish, like, I, I want to write something. He has great advice. He's funny. He's wicked smart. There's my main coming out. Wicked <laughs> smart. Um, and it's published by Grey Wolf Press, who, they publish the best nonfiction. Like, it's, it's undebatable, almost. It, they're so fantastic. Um, so, again, the book is called Thrill Me Essays in Fiction by Benjamin Percy, and we will drop a link to it in the show notes, or you can find
0: it wherever books are sold. I have had that sitting on my pile, and I'm really looking forward to getting to it. He's so cool. He's great. I loved Red Moon so much. Um, Okay, you want to hear my next one? Yes, please. This is probably my favorite category. It's read a food memoir. And I changed my pick for this like 17 times because I love a food memoir. Um, I love to cook and I really love to eat. And food plays just an important part in my life. I get kind of, you know, I have feelings about food and philosophical stuff about it. And I love to read what other people uh, experience around that as well. Food is one of the ways like books that I make sense of the world. Um, So I settled on Tender at the Book by Ruth Reichel. Um, This was the first food memoir that I really fell in love with. I picked up a copy in a used bookstore in Charleston a few years ago and just sank into it. Um, She is a cook uh, and was for a very long time the um, head food, like the restaurant reviewer for the New York Times. She has other memoirs. One of them, um, I think it's Garlic and Sapphires. That's all about the years that she spent as a reviewer for the New York Times. Don't quote me for sure that that's the one that's about that. Um, but she has great, hilarious stories about like how people who worked in restaurants recognized her, so she had these uh, bizarre costumes that she would, like disguises that she would wear so that she could go out to eat at a restaurant that she was reviewing and not get recognized so she could try to, you know, get the same service that anyone else would get. Anyway, Tender at the Bone is about how she came to be in love with food, how she became a food person. And so she recalls, like, being in her parents' kitchen or being in her grandparents' kitchen as a young girl, the role that food played in her early life and then the role that learning to cook played in her life and how it was a form of creative expression for her and a way that she understood the world. It is just so, so lovely. Um There, I think, are a few recipes woven throughout, but this is mostly, this is a memoir about a person's life, um, and it just happens to be a life that was shaped and informed by food and cooking and eating, and it is, it's one that I return to over and over. It is really, really lovely, Um, so if you are starting with food memoirs or you've read a bunch and you need, you know, to go back, I think this is one of the classics. Like, if I were stocking a bookstore and I had to do a shelf of food memoirs, this is one that would definitely have a place. Uh, So that's Tender at the Bone by Ruth Reichel.
1: She's also like the crazy nicest person. Oh, is she? I was going to say like crazy nice, but she's not crazy. She's just really, really, really nice. It didn't work out that well when I said Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. We hosted her at the bookstore I used to work at, and she was so nice. She's
0: awesome. That's great. Yeah.
1: My next challenge, I mentioned... We should devote,
0: like, a whole episode to you talking about this next one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm only going to talk about it for a second, because I could go on and on and on for days, and I've probably talked about it before, and I talk about it all the time. Uh, This challenge that I picked is read a book over 500 pages long. And like I mentioned, Country of Ice Cream Star fills that. But if not, here is my favorite suggestion. It is Lonesome Dove by Larry McMurtry. Uh, I cannot talk about this book enough. I I got to write about it for a Book Riot a couple weeks ago. We did a thing about westerns and I was like, Lonesome some stuff, Lord some stuff." It's so good. I had no idea that I would love a book about post-Civil War, you know, Texas Rangers so much until I just decided to dive in and it turned out to be my favorite book, possibly my favorite book. It is about two retired Texas Rangers, Gus and Woodrow and they're living in Texas, they have a cattle ranch, and the story is about their adventures driving their cattle from Texas to Montana. You know, it's the Wild West, it's dangerous, there's, there's scary people, there's scary animals. Um, it's so, so good. It won the Pulitzer Prize, so you don't even have to take my word for it. I mean, it's that good. Um, it's 800 plus pages, but I raced through it. I raced through it, and I, I also could not believe how funny it was. I was really surprised by the humor. There's a lot of humor in this book. Um, it, it kickstarted my love of westerns. It, I just read westerns all the time now, and it wasn't something that I knew I would love until I read this book. Um, there's the famous miniseries that came from it, which is so good. Um, there were prequels. He wrote prequels after, but I've been afraid to read them. Like I don't want to go back and like change any of the stories or the characters in my head. So, I have been afraid to read them. So, if you've read them and you think they're wonderful, let me know. Um, Like, seriously, when I finished this book, I slept with it under my pillow for a week. Because I was just like, they're my friends and I don't want to let them go. It's so good. I'm just going to stop there because I could just, I could go on forever. Um, So, it is Lonesome Dove by Larry McMurtry.
0: (laughs) This is quite a pivot. Um, my, <laughs> f- my final task this uh, for this episode is read a collection of essays. Um, this was really hard for me, too. I love essay collections. I thought about the Empathy Exams by Leslie Jameson, which came out from Grey Wolf Press. And I wholeheartedly agree with you that they publish just the best nonfiction. Uh, but if you're going to read one collection of essays in 2016, I think it has to be The Fire This Time, which is edited by Jesmyn Ward. She has a piece in it, uh, and there are a bunch of other incredible Incredible writers uh, who are writing about what it is to be black in America today. Um, The title is a response, essentially, or or inspired by James Baldwin's collection called The Fire Next Time, uh, which, you know, of course, came out quite a while ago, but on the same themes. And this is phenomenal. It's hard to read at points, but it should be because these are big, important, difficult and often horrible issues uh, that these writers are addressing. And they look at the present, they look at the history of being black in America, and they are looking at the future. Um And some of them are lighter than others. There is one, um, I believe it's Kiese Lehman's piece, is about um, discovering outcast when outcast first came out and what that type of music meant to him as a black man from a certain part of the South um, that has a different sound than other kinds of rap and hip hop have. And there's a great one by... um Garnett Cadigan, about walking in New Orleans and walking in Kingston, Jamaica, and what the, the difference is in those experiences of being a black person, walking those different streets in different parts of the world. Um, so, so many uh, just brave and thoughtful um, and very important ideas and revelations in this collection. It is not to be missed uh, and so it is The Fire of This Time edited by Jesmine Ward.
1: I, I I almost fell off my stool there. I was like, Oh what? no, they, Are you James Browning? <laughs> it's so hot in here. <laughs> it's just, it's, I should mention it's, again, it's like 80 degrees out. It's, what is even happening? <laughs> it's just crazy. Um, I'm going to do one more quick one, just to shout out, because I love these books, you love these books, Mm -hmm. and why not? So, the last challenge that I'm going to mention is read a book by or about a person who identifies as transgender, and it's a great opportunity, once again, to bring up Phoebe and her unicorn! Woo! It's so good. amazing comic series by Dana Simpson. Um, I actually didn't realize, I had no idea that it's a daily strip. I don't know how I missed that, but... It is? Yeah, I was reading about that earlier... Um, But I've read, there's like four books, four collections now. So funny! It's about a young girl named Phoebe. She's in fourth grade. And one day while she's skipping rocks, she encounters a unicorn in the forest. And the the unicorn says, I will grant you one wish. And so Phoebe thinks about it and she decides her wish is to be best friends with a unicorn. And so, ta-da! She is now best friends with a unicorn whose name is... Marigold Heavenly Nostrils. <laughs> like, I know we've talked about this before. We've given people unicorn names. It's just the best. Like, you can't, like, not laugh at that every time. Um, and so now they're best friends. And the unicorn, Marigold, she casts the Shield of Boringness on herself so that people think it's just totally normal that they're they're conversing with her or that Phoebe brings her around. Nobody's like, ah, unicorn. Unless she lifts the shield for strategic purposes every once in a while and then everyone gets really excited that there's a unicorn. But mostly, you know, they just go about hanging out. And it's like a 21st century Calvin and Hobbes. It's so, so funny. They encounter goblins. They deal with Phoebe's nemesis, whose name I'm forgetting right now. But um, it's it's fantastic. So again, Phoebe and her unicorn series. Check it out. So good.
0: I second that emotion. And if you would like a unicorn name, you can hit us up on Twitter and we will give you one. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Okay, so that's nine plus recommendations to get you through the read harder challenge this year lib what are you going to go read now
1: um just this very minute before we started recording um the new clara Macintosh hit my porch it's called uh i'm trying to turn my head around and see because i said it down i forget it's called i see you she wrote i let you go which i recommended last year really enjoyed or beginning of this year man she's prolific Um, and so I'm going to check this out. Another mystery. She's fantastic. She won some awards for the last one.
0: What are you going to read? I think I'm going to read Deceit and Other Possibilities by Vanessa Waugh. It came out, I think in September, I didn't get to it the week that it came out, but I might be reading it as a drop-in selection for one of our upcoming shows, especially as we get into November and December where new releases slow down and we get to start talking about stuff that we, you know missed, that we're going back to and a whole bunch of other things. I, th- I think it's going to be that. It's a little slim book of short stories, so I'm looking for like a pocket of two hours where I can just sit down and read the whole thing.: Excellent. Well,
1: awesome. This was fun. We got to do extra stuff. Yay! It was!
0: Yay! This is the fourth podcast I've recorded this week, and it's only (laughs) Wednesday. Oh my goodness. (laughs) So I'm, I'm in a James Brown a little bit now, too. Yeah. Uh, but we want to th- thanks again to our sponsors. First of all, us. Come hang out with us at Book Riot Live. It's bookriotlive.com to see the lineup, to see the parties. Uh, there's more information coming out about the panel still. It's not finalized yet. Use the offer code MORECATS to get 20 bucks off your registration. Thanks to The Lovely Reckless by Cami Garcia and Thrill Me by Benjamin Percy. We'll have links to both of those in the show notes. If you want to ask us a question, tell us a thing. Uh, get a unicorn name you can drop us a line at all the books at bookriot.com or talk to us on twitter i'm rebecca shinsky s-c-h-i-n-s-k-y liberty is miss liberty and as always if you want to take a minute give us a little gift uh, of an itunes rating or review helps us to find more listeners uh, and of course spread the bookish love and get us more of the uh, magical itunes algorithm juice
1: And, as much as we would love to tell you about more suggestions for the Read Harder Challenge, we just don't have the time, but you can read about these titles and look them up and learn more about them in the show notes at bookriot.com slash allthebooks, as well as find a link to our weekly New Books newsletter.
0: Yeah. And if you want some more uh, Read Harder recommendations, you can check out our YouTube channel where every other week, uh, Josh Corman and Sharifa Williams do picks for uh, the different categories as well. So you can get a whole bunch of options that way. More recommendations. Yay. Yes. All right. Should you count us down again? That worked really well last time. I I thought we missed. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> if you
1: say so. Here we go. Okay, Three, two, one. Happy, Happy reading. reading. <laughs>